so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. What's up? This is Ho Ho Hong Kong. I'm Andy Curtin. I'm here with my buddy Vivek. Ma- I'm going with Marble Army today. Marble's, <laughs> Marble's I like Army. Marble's Army. Marble's Army. My I'll best attempt <laughs> to pronounce your name. How do people find you online, man? Uh, just add funny Vivek sometimes with letter M. Try it. Both of them are me. Has anyone looked up Vivek and not found you? That's what I want to know. Like, um, what else is there? I, I have no idea. I've never actually yes, Googled myself. <laughs> All right. Actually, I'm yourself. the sixth search when you search for Vivek on Google. I'm the fourth on Bing. Now I have no idea. Like, I guess there must be another Vivek in Hong Kong. Well, you can find me at Andy Curtin on everything. If you like the podcast, hit subscribe. doesn't matter what platform you're on. It, uh, it all helps. Also, we have a Patreon, which is where we put the good stuff. That's right. You can check it out. Patreon.com slash HoHoPod. We put out a bonus app every Thursday and random other bits of video and stuff like that. It's worth it. I like it. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so today's guest is, I, I'm about, we're about to be humiliated about oh. our lack of uh, con- contribution to the world. He's the founder <laughs> of Green Common, founder of Green Mondays, founder of Omnipork. Oddly enough, not the founder of the green screen. <laughs> Why? 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 <laughs> that was the first idea I had. Uh, this is, uh, I guess won the Social Entrepreneur of the Year Award at the World Economic Forum in 2018, recognized in Fortune's 2020 Change the World list, and is the author of a number of best-selling books on Zen, wisdom, and mindfulness. David Young, how you doing, man? Hey, um, I, I cannot find everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone's got to do something else, too. He said that like he tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably did. He's like, can I make a vegan green He's like, thing? I was close. <laughs> yeah, I had half of it. <laughs> hey, so you, thanks for having me. Do you just hate sleep? Like, what's going on? Yeah, um, yeah I work about 48 hours an hour a day. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, s- slave drive every member of the team. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, just... This huge, um, I mean, this is an urgent crisis. I mean, it's not really just driven by me. It's driven by the circumstances that we're in. I mean, we are in big crisis and, you know, the clock is ticking. So, I mean, I'm the kind of person who is a a doer. I mean, I just cannot look at a problem. I mean, it's something about my my DNA, my nature is if I see a problem, I... I'm not a complainer. Yeah. I, I like to solve something. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's oh, how I got started. We're comedians. We are exclusively complainers. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why we sit together. <laughs> exactly. We'll let you know and we'll just leave. We're like, I right, take care of that, David. Yeah. Do something. I don't well, we need different people problem. doing different things. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not everyone can do everything. Yeah. So, Hong Kong, born and bred. That's right. Um, so, born here. Uh, went to the States when I was 16, um, so finished my last two years of high school, college, and then uh, my first um, couple years of my career uh, in the U.S., in and New York. New York guy? Yes, New York. I love New York. New York is Yeah, just that's the something best. about New York. Just got that energy. It, it really, I mean, that vibe. Yeah. That vibe of New York, you cannot find. Now, I know... There's like, elements of it here. Like it's not it, the you same. Mean in but Hong it's Kong, right? oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think Hong Kong may be one of the closest to, of that vibe to yeah. New York. Everyone's just as rude here. I love it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Uh, I love it. Patience. Oh, I think no there's time. more people from Hong Kong in New York, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people with the Hong Kong essence <laughs> yeah. in New York. That's what it is. Yeah. No, I love the fact that we have no time for politeness here. And it just reminds me of New York. Like, where you go? I don't care. Like, yeah. Well, the thing that I stands out to me in both of them is like you could be. 
there for any amount of time, decades, and someone will still be like, oh, there's this thing down here you didn't even notice. There's a door yeah. and there's some secret community oh, yeah. that's just going on and some cool like little yeah. random show or whatever. Like yeah. that, I love that. Yeah, it's I mean, been happening every Thursday at 11.25 p.m. and you had no idea, huh? You had no idea. Yeah. I mean, that, Hong Kong's so crazy like that. People can go, did you know there's an elevator here and it goes up and then actually up here there's yeah. this thing that you didn't <laughs> yeah. know about? Yeah. And you're like, wow, I don't dare call myself a Hong Kong or a local anymore. So what brought you back? Like, why did you come back? What brought me back? Um, it was, what, 18 years ago. And, you know, a few years after my career, after I started my career, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm from Hong Kong and obviously Asia, you know, was booming, has been booming since. And you were a management consultant? Yes, I started out, well, I mean, not too many people go way back to man my management <laughs> consulting days. Power but that's a very interesting starting point, because yep. management <clears throat> consultants are a certain type of person. <laughs> very right? type A, right? Well, yeah. just like crazy working hours, like big problem solvers. I was in consulting for an, a year and a half, and then at the age of 23, I already started my first company. Wow. Yeah, it was a software company back in 1999, so... Yeah, starting something what was is really in me. Though? Like to start your own thing, was it you hated your boss or you just didn't want to work? Oh, that was one of it. Okay. <laughs> so lesson number one, find a terrible boss. Also, management consultants, if I understand correctly. Yeah, he drove me away. <laughs> <laughs> but management consultants, if I understand correctly, they get paid a lot of money to give people advice that they're never going to take. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, <laughs> I have too many consultant friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love consulting, but I still have too That's many friends in consulting. consulting what was the software company that you started? What was that? What? It was messaging. I mean, um, in fact, there were a lot. If you're lot about to tell me you started WhatsApp, then yeah. we're just ending now. <laughs> <sighs> I, you know what? Yeah, we, we were just a little bit too early. Yeah. If we had started maybe a few years later, who knew what it could become? But indeed, it had a lot of elements of our common messaging platform that we have today. I mean, it was in our deck. It was on a drawing board. Um, we went through the first 18 months of you know getting funding, assembling a team of 20-something people. And then, um, well, I don't know how many people in the audience recall this, uh, but and then in 2000, 2001, the market crashed, mm. it, like big time. For like, tech as well, particular. Particular tech. It was the tech bubble. So from NASDAQ was from, you know, plummet from 5,000 to below 1,000. Like plummet 80%. That's crazy. So even the massive, well, back in those days, the dot-coms and many of the conglomerates and, you know, giants at that time, they were down to like a penny, you know, <laughs> a stock price or something. So we had no choice. I mean, the funding that was uh, promised by some of the investors, I mean, they had to save those capital for their own portfolio. So we end up I end up closing my first company uh, about less than two years after so I started. So what are you, like 27 at that point? Not even. I was like 24, 25. Oh and were God. you like, well, my career's over now. Yeah. What was your, do you remember what you felt at that time? Like, what was your outlook? Um, I actually had, a, had quite some deep soul searching. Um, I, I didn't immediately go back to start another company. I didn't go search for a job immediately. Um, I just kind of sat back and thought like observe like why like this whole mania i mean indeed at the end like there was this famous phrase called uh, irrational exuberance yeah um and indeed it was ridiculously irrational so i was just set back and you know it's almost like after like a, a 
a basketball game or something. Yeah. You you kind of went through you know a quarter by quarter or even possession by possession. Hey, what could I have done? I mean, what could I have done better? Or did I do anything wrong? Or was it just the circumstances? And of course, it was a combination of of all of the above. I um, know a lot of comedians yeah. who should do that after every single show they perform. I know a lot that don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can tell. You can definitely tell. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's like watching your game tape yeah. or your show. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But in, in my case, it was kind of like reviewing you know, kind of every month, every two months, like the key decisions that we took or we did not take that at the end led to that. It, now it was, of course, very hard. I mean, I was heartbroken at that time. Yeah. But, but that also turned out to be the most valuable lesson. You are such a doer, man. Like, yeah. it, we all know we should, and you actually did it. Oh, my goodness. And now look it, at it. It was painful. <laughs> yeah, I can. Oh, definitely. Oh, trust me. So what strategies did you use to get yourself out of that rut? Um... The first thing, well, my dad has always been, I mean, a huge inspiration. He 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 passed away, but he 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 really was such a wise person, wise man. So, like he said, I mean, you are what twenty five? I mean, this like he actually congratulated me. I mean, not in like a cynical an way, early failure. <laughs> but he, <laughs> yeah, he he yeah, look balloon, at you, you know, yeah, yeah. boo, you know, yeah. I told you so. <laughs> like, not wasn't that kind of yeah. you know a congratulation, but he was like. Hey, you know, I mean, everyone fails. Who yeah. doesn't fail? I mean, in fact, if you really want to accomplish something in life, then failing early is a good thing. I mean, yeah. now at that time, I couldn't really digest that, you know. But like those kind of those words said back. So he's like, don't rush back to do, you know, like the next thing, or you know, don't get frustrated and then you know you want redemption or something. Just you know, just sit back. You know, and you know, I mean, it's not like it's, it's not like there's an urgency that you have to prove anything. Yeah. Like tomorrow, life is a long journey. So I don't think many twenty-five-year-olds yeah. understand that. Yeah, most of them are like, I, I didn't. I I didn't. I mean, I was frustrated. Um, but but that led me to that that did. I mean, that experience did lead me because I had some time. So indeed, that was my that was the door opener for me to study. And get more into like, for example, reading about Zen Buddhism, mm. um, a lot about um, just wisdom of life and things like that. You know, our relationship between us and the world, us and the whole environment, and all that. So I started my. So the one major decision I made after I closed my company, and because I was reading more about Zen wisdom, was I started uh, becoming vegetarian. I stopped eating meat. Um, I, I felt pain in my, you know, uh, startup or entrepreneurial failure, um, and you know that pain, of course, was not fun. And I just start to, uh, I guess, extend that to think, hey, you know, no one wants pain, no lives want pain or suffering, right? Why would I want to inflict suffering on other beings? So indeed, two thousand and one, which was the year when I closed my business, it also was the year when I start my plant-based journey. So I've been vegetarian for 20 years. So it was totally the catalyst for everything that came after that, really. In fact, you know, if without that experience, I probably would not turn vegetarian. And indeed, there would be no Green Monday, Green Comedy on the point. What an unusual takeaway, right? Yes. Stock prices are down. That's it. No more meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the connection. Like, uh, maybe try saving? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, if you really want, I mean, very few 
interviews. I mean, ask me to go way back to that oh, particular. Oh no, we're into that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but but indeed, that from as far as my personal journey is concerned, that opened the door for me in terms of this whole you know just vegetarianism, my concern about other lives, environment, and all that. Yeah. So, what was your first step into opening a green business? Well. Uh, Again, there's something that happened in the middle. I started, I founded Green Monday in 2012, but something happened in the middle. So me being a vegetarian was really just my personal compassion for animals. Yeah. Don't want to hurt other lives. But in 2006, I watched The Inconvenient Truth. And that year also, United Nations IPCC uh, published a report that said livestock carbon emission is more than all transportation combined. Ooh. So two things happened in 2006, to me at least, that I was like, wait a minute, you know, there's this thing called climate change that this is threatening the whole planet and the whole humanity and eating meat actually contributes to that damage. And I being a vegetarian already at that time, I'm like, so I'm doing a tiny, tiny, tiny part to save the world. So. Since that 2006, you know, kind of back-to-back events or awakening, I've been, you know, on kind of a one-man journey of just every meal, I would use that occasion to try to say, hey, actually, if you eat less meat, you can do something good for the world. And people look at me like I'm an alien. So, and then another six years later, by 2012, I somehow, you know, for the second time in my life, summoned that courage to start a venture. And you started, so you came back to Hong Kong? I came back to Hong Kong in the end of 2003. Okay, so you'd been back here for that period of time, right? Yeah. And what was it like starting it? Because I imagine the landscape for doing something green in at that time was completely different to now, right? Uh, there was no landscape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, honestly, over here, if you tell anybody, oh, go vegetarian, the first thing is like, where's your energy? Yeah. You won't have any energy. Well, I remember being in, because I lived in Shanghai for 10 years, and even, you know, even pretty recently, you go to restaurants, you try to order vegetarian, and they're sprinkling pork on top of it, you know? Yeah. And they're like, can you you get no meat on it? They're like, why? Yeah. Yeah. That is so common. Like, you look at, I mean, there are endless traps. Any vegetarians can, can resonate with this, which is you go to a, a restaurant, you look at the menu, supposedly it says saute string bean, and it doesn't mention any word about beef, pork, or meat. Yeah. And then when they come, it comes with shrimp. Literally happened on Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah at a nice restaurant. Yes. And I was like, I bit into it. Because <laughs> it kind of wow. looked like tofu, and I'm like, what is this? Like pork? And I pulled the menu out. I was like, this explicitly has nothing about meat on it. Right. So, yeah, indeed, there were so many misperceptions. So, yeah, to your question, there was no landscape. Um, I, I guess um, I, still, I still wonder how I did it like nine years ago to, to say, you know, this is something that needs to be done. It's the right thing to do. No one was doing it. I will somehow make something happen. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I can say, you know, we are 
successful or not, but at least you know over the last nine years, pretty sure that we have catalyzed some change in our society. I can say you're successful. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> fact that like you can go to McDonald's now and comfortably order like food and f- yeah. not feel alienated next to the next person. Like, what are you eating? What's that? Like, we getting some bread only, and yeah. you have like Omni Pork, Omni right, Luncheon right. Meat. And well, actually, I wanted to get into that. Right. That so Omni Pork, your your brand Omni Pork yes. is. Amazing, by the way. But you've gotten into Cathay Pacific, Michelin-starred restaurants, McDonald's. When you got into McDonald's, you you must have just been like, it's done. Okay, we're (laughs) good. Yeah, that's that's, that's basically like Kevin Harding your food. Garen had the funniest joke about it. He was like, for decades, people went to McDonald's being like, is this really meat? Like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) And now they're like, wait. Definitely I want the it. fake meat now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we wanted the people were so paranoid that it was fake meat before. I, I can tell you now every time when I walk into a McDonald's and I look at that menu with the Omni Pork luncheon, yeah. uh, whether it's, you know, a sandwich or the breakfast set and all that, I mean I still kind of just poke myself. Yeah. yeah. Like, just hear this <gasps> churching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was really meaning just, is this real? No, no, no. I'm yeah, eating. Fair, I'm eating. Get it. But, but it. But it's such a phenomenal like metric for broader acceptance, right? Yes. Like what's, what's more common than McDonald's. Green, really, green's like, common. Yeah, no, right. okay. I just, <laughs> as soon that. as I use the word common, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can hear the pun gun getting loaded <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's too easy to say, just say. No, I'll give you this though. Like growing up Indian in Hong Kong, a lot of my family yeah. are vegetarian. Right. And whenever we did go to McDonald's, it was a real challenge. They would actually order a Big Mac without the meat. Right? And the people yeah. at the counter are like, are you crazy? Do you not know why people order this food? Right, and they, and they charge you the same, of same course, same amount, yeah. right? And then they just get some ketchup and everything. No extra lettuce, no nothing. Now they're like, "All right, I can go to McDonald's, legitimately look around the room, be like, yeah, I'm one of you guys. I can do this too.' Right? Yeah. It, it, it's a game changer. It, it really is a game changer. I mean, I, I mean, so many people have you know messaged me, email me, or of course in person, uh, just said, you know, this. You know, I, I totally think that McDonald's, because of this uh, collaboration, uh, has brought a lot of people who haven't walked into McDonald's oh, for years or maybe even decades. Um, this could be, you know, of, well, besides the vegan vegetarian, obviously, but just, you know, people who don't think about going into McDonald's uh, anymore for their own whatever reason, right? So it has broadened their base. Uh, and of course, in our case, it has totally broadened our base. So truly a win-win. And since we launched in October, I mean, I'm just very proud to say that uh, because as much as, as much of the work that we do, at the end, it is about the general acceptance by the society. I mean, if I can, you know, I can kind of do the rally, but if no one follows, then I mean, yeah. it dies there, right? So um, the momentum has been strong. But I would imagine, and I'd say this is a complete layperson, right? But there's there's levels of you, there's a level that you need to get to. You know, it's like it's like you look at solar cells, right? They're like we can make solar cells, but it, but they have to be subsidized because they're so expensive. It doesn't really make sense. And there's a point where you go. No, this is good. Like I'm, I eat it on the uh, the Pizza Express Omnipork yeah. pizza, and yeah. I'm like, this oh is great. yeah, this is really good. Like, like it's legitimately a great pizza. Yeah, yeah. And it's that point where you're like, I'm not having the crappy version. You know, like I feel like eating. People think as a vegetarian, you're like, oh, it must suck to go out. I'm like, man, we're eating great. Food. They used to look at you with mercy. Yeah, I know. Like, like, oh, 
Poor I you. I feel like I'm yeah, missing yeah. out. You know. I'm yeah, like, like when when you're paying the bill together, like you know what, you just split one third. We'll we'll do take care of everything else. You didn't really eat that much, but now I, the Pizza Express. Oh, you think it's pizza. cheaper to eat vegetarian? No, they just feel bad. That, like you know, you, you didn't eat as much as we did. You know, here you. You, you only know. had the appetizer. Yeah, yeah. We we'll subsidize <laughs> you a little bit. Who are your bit. friends? <laughs> oh, let me <laughs> let me not get into that. That's another podcast, man. <laughs> no, but the I'll tell you this though, the Omni Park, uh, especially the Pizza Express pizza, because I would actually proactively order that. Over the other pizzas, like if I had a choice of pepperoni versus that one, I would right. go for the Omni Park one. I'm yeah. like, that is really good. And like, you're a meat eater. And I'm a meat eater, but like I would actually go for that because I'm like, that is the level it's at. That's why I was so impressed. The McDonald's thing as well is like, uh, now I can go in there not feeling like, oh, I'm at McDonald's, really? Like I'm 38, I'm leaning. Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm changing the world. I'm here to save the world. I'm gonna eat McDonald's today just to make a better place. Fries and a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want a milkshake. Deep yeah. I was I was send that quote that you just said to the CEO of McDonald's oh, right there. You no, know, yeah. when when I order the Omni Pot lunch, I'm changing the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, indeed, right. Um, I guess this is, you know, there's a term called purpose marketing now, which is, you know, it's not just appealing to your senses, it is appealing to your heart and soul. Like yeah. it evokes that sense of mission and purpose that, you know, with the purchase, you know, I am voting for a better ver- a world. Yeah. So uh, I- I'm glad you say that because indeed, I think that is what we want to kind of subtly plant that seed into people that, you know, beyond, I mean, of course the taste must be good. I mean, we're talking about food. I mean, we enjoy food. There's nothing wrong with that. But beyond the, the enjoyment from a taste and sense satisfaction standpoint is we, there is huge impact behind the food we choose. So choosing the Omnipop pizza, even though you are a meat eater, and try to let more meat-eating friends to try that. I mean, that opened doors to more and more, and that's how it goes viral. Yeah, I'll tell you, another game changer. This one, for myself as well, was this year, Green. you guys had the first ever, what, vegan pun choy for Chinese New Year. Wow, you, you, you really dude, follow us. I ate it, dude. <laughs> I, I ordered it. I saw it, and yes. I was like, done. That's the Chinese New Year pun yeah, choy. Yeah, the Chinese New Year pun choy, the big What's dish. What's pun choy? Pun choy is basically Chinese New Year, that round dish where they have, like, normally they have, like, see, abalone, shrimps, and stuff like that in it, where the whole family gathers around it and eats from it, because everything has a meaning behind it. So it's basically like a big bowl of stuff that you can just eat during Chinese New Year. So every year, my mom, she's vegetarian, so she's never had this before. Mm. I saw the ad, I'm like, done. And then just to top it off, I hit the early bird time. I'm like, this is a win-win for me. Done and done. You get another discount. I hey, ordered you it. You're racking up brownie points. Oh, let me say that was game changer. I still have the little flyer poster on my in, in my house on my board over there. Cause just to remind me that next year this is happening again. Because first year ever, my mom and myself are eating pun choy during Chinese New Year. Wow. Because it's vegan. So I was like that. And let me tell you this. Okay. I was like, okay, you know, it would be some broccoli, little soy, bean curd, whatever. It was, it was legitimately good. Like I, I, was, I wasn't missing any of the abalone or, or shrimps and stuff like that. I'm very glad to hear that. I mean, our chefs, our chef team, uh, really put in a lot of efforts into the pun choy because um, this year, of course, Chinese New Year, it was still during the COVID, n- kind of, COVID yeah. Yeah, fourth yeah, yeah, wave. Yeah. So pretty much, like, we are virtually locked down. Like, you cannot go out for dinner. So there, there really does no Chinese New Year festivity at all. Oh, it was um, crazy, I mean, right? to be honest... It Except for my building guard. He was ready for the license. <laughs> He was like COVID or no COVID. Yeah, I'm touching. No, anything. I think this is a down year even for him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you can see, like, I mean, sad to say, but this has to be one of the most depressing Chinese New Year. Yeah. Like, in memory ever. Well, last um, year wasn't much better. Uh, true. I yeah. mean, last year was actually the beginning of COVID. Yeah. So yeah. We're kind of um, semi people, like, kind of yeah. ready, not ready. This year, we're like, yeah, we're not I meeting. I feel like last year was a scarier time as well because I'm thinking back. 
that period of time, we really didn't know how bad this was going to be. Like so, now, this year we had a better handle on what COVID right. was. But I think I remember then being like, <laughs> I was panicked because that time. during Chinese New Year, it's very typical that you know families visit family. You know, binding, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. they go, you know, and then you know get the red, the lysi, oh, you know, yeah. the red envelopes, right? But this year, obviously, just. Like 90% of those activities have been shut down. People stay home. So our chef team, <clears throat> really, I mean, they were like, well, then, I mean, honestly, what do people eat? I mean, and obviously, we still want to get that warm, cozy family gathering uh, when people are staying at home. So the punchai idea came up, and they did rounds of tasting and testing. Um, indeed, I mean, that was so well received. Uh, we'll be doing another punchai idea for Mother's Day. Oh, okay, okay. Um, different recipe, yeah. but for Mother's Day. Look at this guy back on the marketing yeah. train. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't miss a beat. Of course, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on air right now. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, I just going back a little bit. Oh, I just one one point. I saw that you mentioned in an interview that you felt that COVID was perhaps a bit of a catalyst to plant based. Can you speak about that a little bit? Well, I mean, it's ironic because. Obviously, no one wants to have events like COVID to happen. This is the worst pandemic in over a hundred years. But I guess I guess it wakes people up to how vulnerable we are, how fragile the, we all are, and how fragile the planet could be. Um, and the truth is, as bad as COVID is, climate change is like a thousand, a million times worse. I mean. And that really, I mean, that is hanging uh, right on top of our head right now. Yeah. Sort of Damocles. That's right? the problem. Yes. Like climate change, we, we're so used to like all oh, the spring, autumn, winter, summer things. So we're like, yeah, I can deal with change, but like we're not. We're talking climate change, like you know, tsunamis and stuff like that happening. Yeah. Extreme right? heat, extreme cold, extreme storm, extreme flood, extreme droughts, extreme like frost, everything. Like shopping so, malls. So, but with more specificity, <laughs> what is the connection in in your mind between? the plant-based industry right. and COVID. Now, first of all, um, people start to understand more that zoonotic diseases are, 75 of zoonotic percent of zoonotic diseases are transmitted from animals to human beings. So COVID really is not the first time a pandemic comes from animals. Um, and you actually look at many of the news, avian flu is still happening um, in many places in the world. And about a couple of weeks ago, there was a case in Russia that avian flu is transmitting to human beings from oh, poultry. Man. So honestly, I mean, I think the more people read, uh, you know, obviously now with social media, people start to really think as a man, you know, this is, I mean, these are, I mean, these are all risks surrounding us and they are time bombs ready to take off, you know? So, I mean, and now of course with, you know, the plant-based movement, I think there are many more advocates. I mean, again, even with you going to buy, you go a green Monday or Friday or Sunday, doesn't matter. I mean, everyone becomes more knowledgeable and particularly the young people, I think, millennials and Gen Zs. I mean, they are clearly taking this seriously because they will be inheriting a broken down planet. Really, just a bad planet is what they will be, you know, that, that's what they are looking into. So uh, the plant-based movement, because of COVID, ironically, I mean, it becomes this catalyst that more people say, hey, you know, I for health, for environment, for you know, safety, whatever, you know, they should, they should at least try to shift 
the portion a little bit. No, it's funny because like uh, like I'm a Hindu, right? Mm. So my family actually used to have this thing like Monday, Thursday, Saturdays were vegetarian days for religious reasons. Mm. So I just want to say welcome to the club. Like you finally <laughs> have just a Monday. <laughs> oh, look at you! Oh, look oh. At you we are so late to the game, <laughs> right? <laughs> Flag in it. Like, oh. I'm just like, look at me. I did Monday vegetarian. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I founded several days <laughs> of the <laughs> week. So <laughs> okay, we admit we are copycats. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, the the thing though is like. You are very true in the the new generation. The younger generation are really advocates because I'm actually uh, part of this campaign. There's a student who's doing a campaign called Lies Without Knives, mm. and she's trying to like promote the whole vegan lifestyle. That's but a not, great name, by the way. Right, Lies Without Knives. Lies Without Knives. Yeah, but forks can kill you too. But you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose some, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's actually the because I'm supposed supposed okay. So I'm supposed to be her mentor. And I feel weird because I'm trying to mentor a kid going like, don't listen to everything I say, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But what the cool thing is that she's trying to make this um, experience package, like a 10-day vegan experience, where it's like, why don't you try and see if you can get this challenge of the experience? And it's, it's a fun little game. So I think, like, with veganism, it's no longer, like, an issue, like, before, it was like, oh, religious, you must, you know, don't kill the, pl- the meat and everything, the, the, the animals. But now it's like, hey, I want to see what it's like. To be a vegan, it's actually quite an interesting thing. Like, it's like if you're suddenly told you're allergic to a certain type of food. Like, there was a time when I wasn't doing do well. I was trying to avoid gluten, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, this is actually quite an adventure." Oh, like I hated to, it. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah, I mean, but then you don't notice. Oh, these chips are gluten free. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, I you figured know? out how to tell if something has gluten in it. Yeah, it tastes good. well no no no. i'll give you this though like a lot of chips i remember i was at green common and like there's a lot of gluten-free stuff there so i was like hey this is gluten-free this is gluten-free and and let me just say they're not low calories all right some of these chips and goodies well sugary stuff is often gluten-free that's gluten-free as well yeah rice is gluten-free so you can go nuts with that one as well so but it's fascinating and then you really kind of go hey wait can i do this whole vegan thing i remember uh my mom and myself were like exploring the whole vegan options we had like Omni Park and Omni yeah. Lunch and everything and uh, we were just experimenting and making dishes like uh, in Taiwanese they have the Yok Chou Fan yes. where it's like the minced pork rice and uh, that's a household Omnipo- dish yeah right and we just basically took the Omni Park the minced one and then put it in rice and it was good I was like this is this is impressive. Yeah, dude, we've been having in our house. We have uh, bolognese. Uh, the what do you call it? Like bolognese, spaghetti oh, yeah, bolognese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's killer. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. super, super good. Yeah, yeah. That one, for that one, I like the Beyond Beef one for the bolognese. Dude, I was like, I don't know what my family's using, but it yeah. tastes great. Yeah, <laughs> I take it. But I think the new generation definitely are considering this as more, not really just like a like a thing to do save the planet, but it's like a lifestyle thing right now, right? That's what we want to get it to be. I mean, it should not just be like a heavy, you know, kind of almost like lecturing people yeah, no type of thing. Them into it, yeah, right? no. Yeah. I mean, if if guilt tripping or shaming, blaming, I mean, that will not go far. I mean, yeah, people yeah. who wants to be lecture, honestly. I mean, we're talking about hey, just go out, you know, Friday night, have a have a good time, and then you're like, okay, if you eat this, you know, you are hurting the planet. You're you're hurting the future generation. I mean, who wants to hear that? Catholics. So, Catholics <laughs> are big on that. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I mean. Um, in fact, we must turn it into a lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, if we want it to be sustainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just winding the clock back a little bit. So you, you start Green Mondays and you're, you're facing a, a market that just has no awareness at all of what you're doing. Did you feel, was there times when you were like, this is not going to work. These people are not listening. Every day. <laughs> Every day. You still feel that way. But, but I mean, but, but you can see there's a difference now to yeah. then, right? Like, can, course, can, yes. you, can you tell, talk a little bit about what kind of strategies did you use to, to shift, to move the needle at that time? 
Well, um, strategy number one is you got to lower the barrier. I mean, you got to make it uh, something that people really can at least attempt, you know. So rather than using words like meatless, meat-free, or even vegan, to be honest. Because yeah, that's a heavy, heavy I mean, word that's, as well. That's a heavy it's definitely word. got a negative connotation oh. to many people's ears. Yeah. I right? mean, so, I mean, the word green is just a very, I mean, it's obviously an easy word. And it's very hard for people to say, I hate green, right? I mean, like, it's like green is something good. So Green Monday, let's do it one day a week or one meal a week, you know, a Green Monday lunch or Green Monday dinner. Like set the bar really low, but then you can really get a lot of people to do it together. I mean, I think that's a key. It's an actionable thing. It's a small ask. We're not asking them to make like a 180 change uh, to their whole life. It's just, hey, let's do this. That's number one, like lower the barrier. Number two, is indeed to make it trendy, reframe the whole thing. So rather than, again, from a religion standpoint or moral standpoint, you know, you are killing animals, um, using that, you know, kind of the scientific, hey, you know, you can do this, you are contributing to, you know, reducing carbon footprints um, and then more science. And then, of course, later on with, you know, the Beyond Meats, the Impossible Foods, uh, the Omnis, right? I mean, then you have... Plant-based protein that are nutritious and, you know, tasty at the same time. So, I mean, the evolution has been, you know, first reframing people's mind, uh, lower the barrier to get people in the door first, and then second is to provide options to empower them. And did you feel, I mean, obviously that's, I would guess through trial and error, you figured out that this is what works. Were there any perceptions or strategies that you used that, that you were like, this just didn't work? Like, did you go through a phase of being like, what if we tell them they'll burn in hell? Like, is there anything, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you tried where you're like, that's really not working. It's not yeah. connecting. Um, well, as I said earlier, right? I mean, people don't like to be lecture. Um, so guilt tripping is not going to work. Did you ever try anything that didn't work though? Um, I mean, there were many. I mean, it's it's constantly in trial, a trial and error process, right? So uh, now with food, we always need to think it's a very cultural thing. So you were mentioning about um, Chinese New Year, yeah. uh, like people eat pun choy yeah. um, or lo ba go, right? Okay. So to we, if we want to really change people of different parts of the world, we must think about localizing. So um, even with, like we have Beyond Burger uh, at Green Common, of course, and we've been you know, really promoting that. But even, I, I won't say it, it didn't work, but amazingly, when you put the Beyond Burger on, let's say curry, and make it a curry Beyond Burger oh, yeah, rice, yeah. Yeah. in many Green Common locations, that sells better than the burger itself. Yeah. Because we're in Hong Kong. And well, for the general public, you know, most people prefer rice, you know. So um, these are all the, I mean, these are not failures at all. I mean, they can absolutely coexist. What I'm saying is these kind of trial and error led us to think that, hey, you know, there are recipes or there are culinary applications that would work even more effectively to move the needle. Interesting, yeah. What do you feel now, like this year, is the most important part of what you're doing personally? What do you think is the most important thing in the 2021, moment? 2021, you mean? Yeah. We, well, number one, we still have to get over COVID, you know, as a, as a city, as a world, and us as a company, just navigating these daily challenges and 
obstacles. I mean, uh, it, I mean, it is maddening to be honest. Um, as much as we say, oh, you know, it has been over a year now, but there, I mean, every day there's a new challenge. I mean, something happens, and then like you know, I mean, even right now, there's this gym. It, this gone. minute, right now, yeah, all, all these infections are going out, and like people are canceling for shows and stuff, and it's just this. It, so we we really are living almost like hour by hour, minute by minute. I mean, you like honestly don't know what hap- what could happen in the next hour. Yeah. Uh, and that suddenly will turn things upside down. But besides that, I think for us, we are very fortunate to be in the position that uh, Green Monday, Omni, we are really expanding regionally and even globally. So you, I mean, our products are now in 13 countries across Asia Pacific. And by July, this year, like which is less than four months, will be in twenty countries. Incredible! Have you ever thought of like other animals? Like you're, you're helping a lot of pigs. What about, what about the poor pigeons? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about them. Omni, <laughs> Omni pigeon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this <laughs> indeed. Um, many friends. It's like, hey, David. I mean, are you? Do we have a particular affinity to pigs that we yeah. want to help pigs more? Um, well, pork happens to be the most consumed meat. True, yeah. No. By is far. that why you started with it? Yeah. Got in, it. In Asia, I mean, it's not even close. 65. I might be up there. I would have thought like maybe you, like, you saw the inconvenient change. Maybe you saw the movie Babe. You're like, hey, put two and two together. Let's save a few pigs over there. <laughs> I just, that, that helped too. Yeah, that yeah, made yeah, a difference. Yeah. And maybe Peppa Pig. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. I just yeah, want to live in a future where someone's like, ugh, I got shit on by an omni pigeon today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Damn you That's progress yeah, right there. Damn you vegan white sauce. Uh, yeah, by default, it's called Omni, right? It could be Omni, a lot of things. Um, now, our R&D team definitely is working a lot, a lot of very exciting things um, in the pipeline. We will be unveiling some um, non-pork, non-plant-based pork items yeah, um, yeah. this year. Yeah, it's oh, going to okay. be very exciting. But uh, is there any like direction you're going? Do you want more land-based animals or going to the skies? Or yeah, when we get based? some Omni dolphin. <laughs> yeah. well, the reason why, I wanna, like, if you tell me I'm going to work on like an Omni salmon, I want to go to the, the, the ocean and be like, you had your day. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> lucky bunch. He's taking yeah. care of you guys. Well, I mean, we'll keep keep it uh, you know, in suspense right now. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you more in a few in a few months. But but we have some very exciting things uh coming. Uh you'll be one of the first people uh that we invite to yeah, the, cool. kind of the stealth tasting. Oh, that would be amazing. Yes. Yeah. So so in in a, whatever general terms you like, what best case scenario, where where do you see this everything you're working on being five years from now? Best case scenario. Where would you like it to be? We, I mean, uh, we want the whole world. I mean, not just Hong Kong, not just, you know, a few cities, but the whole world, more and more people become flexitarian. I mean, they, I mean go, they don't even need to mention about Green Monday anymore. Actually, our best case scenario is people forget about Green Monday because green just become every day. Mm. I mean, maybe it becomes Red Monday. That Monday becomes the only day that to eat meat. <laughs> to eat oh, meat, the poor you know? animals on Sunday night. Yeah, but like, yeah. I, it's gonna be a tough time so, tomorrow. Um, honestly, that would be the best case scenario. Is you don't. I mean, you don't. Let's say like people who nowadays you know into exercise, you don't have to like remind yourself to say, oh, you know, today I need it's to run day. again. You know, it just become your routine. Yeah, it just become your routine. So. You know, for us in five years, I do think things can change very fast. Like five years ago, I still remember the first time when we mentioned Beyond Meat in Hong Kong. I mean, again, we were, look, we were treated as aliens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was constantly an alien, basically. <laughs> um, 
And now I don't need to explain the success of Beyond Meat on a global level. It is a phenomenon. So uh, I am optimistic, to be honest. I mean, I, I can see that, you know, when a lot of people put their effort behind it. And now also with investors, with entrepreneurs, and with bright scientists, innovators behind this. I mean, um, I see some huge impact and huge change uh, happening in the next five to 10 years. Do you years. ever worry we run out of plants? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know we'd have way too much oxygen. Well, the, the thing about plants going. though is like the efficiency of agricultural land use. Like yeah. you basically can't increase your output from a land from land use for meat, it's it's quite limited. But plant, you can you massively escalate the output. Yeah. You can right go vertically, right? Am I there, right? There are a lot of vertical farms uh, right now, and a lot of companies that are maximizing the output on a per square meter or per land, you know, per acre of land basis. Uh, but still, the reality is we t we totally can feed the world if we reduce animals because. The animals right now, the 1.5 billion cows, the 1.5 billion pigs, and the 20 plus billion chicken, they are all fighting for the same food and water yeah. that can feed us. You know, now we, we are cutting trees in Amazon, not because we need to have necessarily have more furniture, it's because they use the land to grow soy and corn that turn into animal feed. Oh. To the cows, the pigs, and the chicken, and others. So we just got to cut out the middleman, eat the yeah. feed ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat the feed. Yeah, yeah. and, and now we're turning those into plant-based like ingredients that we like. You know, whether it's a nugget or a burger or minced pork, you name them. And also the distance of like the time between a, an animal being born and then eating it yeah. is so much longer than a plant of being course, grown yeah. and then consuming. I mean, you can just reharvest it every year. Right. Um, if there was like, if you if you could put like a what do you call it like the sky riding, If there's one message you could send out to people, what would it what would it be? The planet is dying. <laughs> yeah. Wow, keeping it positive. Yeah, 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 what happened yeah. to not Don't shaming people? Them. <laughs> Don't guilt trip us. The yeah. planet is dying. I mean, do something. Yeah, uh, go green Monday. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, I'll go green every day. Um, I mean, week the the six words. I mean, the six words that is the model. For, for our whole group is called make change happen, make green common. I mean, yeah. that is the positive, you know. Um, no matter how small that baby step may look like, do it. I mean, you don't underestimate, even if you tell two friends, like when you bring two friends and say, hey, let's try this pizza together. I mean, it is not, you know, animal-based. So, you know, just start from baby step, but do it consistently, uh, make change happen. Make green common. I it, it really, I would. I guess I would put those six words up. Man, thanks so much for sharing your time today. It's been, it's been fascinating. My pleasure. <laughs>